So one of the biggest pieces of news over the past month, and especially this week, has been the debt ceiling. And good news is that crisis averted, we are not destroying the entire global economy. The question now for us to answer here on the left wing is, did we do it in a good way? Uh, this is the left wing. I'm John Cooper with uh, of Counterpoint Politics. I'm here with Desmond Price of the Independent Thought Podcast, as well as Connor Hallbleib, uh, who was a former congressional uh, uh, candidate. Uh, so we are going to be talking debt ceiling. And the basic details of the deal that got done are we moved the debt ceiling two years down the line until after the 2024 election, uh, which is a big win for Democrats as Republicans kind of lose their biggest leverage. Uh, this What they've gotten out of this is that they put caps on non-defense discretionary spending through 2029. Uh, they have uh, Biden, for some reason, added the approval of the Mountain Valley Pipeline, which was not in the original uh, Republican request. That was at the request of Joe Manchin. Uh, we have reinstated uh, the federal student loan payments uh, as of August. Uh, they're restructuring SNAP and TAMP benefits. They're, it, it's very weird because they're adding work requirements to SNAP, um, uh, raising the age from 50 to 54, but they've also added exceptions uh, for people like veterans and homeless people that are actually going to end up costing more. Uh, SNAP will end up costing $2 billion more over the time period, um, and TAMP uh, will be costing only $5 million less. Uh, so kind of just a weird way that worked out. Um, and then the other big key here is that uh, it is cutting $1.4 billion from the IRS budget, which, again, is a weird move because that's going to end up costing us about a billion dollars uh, total added to the deficit because it's going to reduce our capacity to uh, raise revenue. So that is the, you know, the highlights of the debt bill. I'm going to leave the floor open here. You know, how do how do what do you guys think of the deal itself? How do you guys think of us? How we got here? Um, kind of just your reaction. Yeah, it was interesting to see how many Republicans voted against this bill after Speaker McCarthy went out of his way to say that, like, oh, I won't even bring this to the floor if I can't get a majority of Republican support. And it, it looked like he had quite a few defections. In fact, 71 Republicans voted no against this bill. And conversely, also 46 Democrats did as well. Um, the members, we, we mentioned this in a previous episode, but the members of the Freedom Caucus within the House, these are the people at the beginning of the year who were kind of like raking Speaker McCarthy over the coals, trying to like embarrass him, not letting him win his speakership, you know, like one, five, ten times before they actually voted for him. Uh, those members are Chip Roy and Matt Gates, Lauren Boebert, so on and so forth. They were very much against this bill and said that Speaker McCarthy got humiliated. Uh, so it was interesting to me to see that there was so much dissension amongst the Republican Party, yet they still tried to pass it off as a win. Um, and at the same time, people on the Progressive Caucus on the left also were very upset about the reduction in SNAP benefits. So it's it's interesting to me that this bill overall seemed like a negative on both sides, but still was able to get past the House. And I'm at, it hasn't passed the Senate yet, so I'm actually unsure about what's going to happen next. I mean, Connor, what did you think of this final resolution? Well, I think it uh, it came down to like it does every time we have a debt ceiling fight, which is the worst fight in political news in, in the U.S., which is, you know, we should have gotten rid of this thing a long time ago. Biden should have you know, minted the coin and just got gotten over this BS. The fact that we're still, the only win I would give McCarthy and give the Republicans is the fact that we're still having this argument. 
Uh, this could be something that we could have taken care of. But as long as this is in play, I don't see Kevin McCarthy being uh, sly enough or being smart enough, frankly, to really get his way when it comes to this. You know, he's got uh, pressure from both, like you said, the Freedom Caucus and, uh, and the Democrats. And he's just not that good at, at being Speaker of the House. So he'll never get what he really wants. But as long as this fight continues every two years or, um, you know, uh, limitations placed until 2029, that's a win for the Republicans. Uh, if we got rid of this thing, uh, that would be best for everyone. But again, he didn't do a very good job. I, would, I wouldn't say he did a very good job. But again, as long as this is in play, the Republicans have won. I, I agree with that, Connor. I, I think uh, Bernie Sanders' statement really summed up my thoughts on it. He said, the fact of the matter is that this bill is totally unnecessary. The president has the authority and the ability to eliminate the debt ceiling today by invoking the 14th Amendment. I look forward to the day when he exercises this authority and puts an end once and for all to the outrageous actions of the extreme right wing. And that pretty much sums it up. You, We have the ability to get rid of this and we're choosing not to and by we i mean joe biden and the dnc because i don't think that joe biden thinks that the debt ceiling is a bad thing i think that joe biden's neoliberal brain is like oh no we should have a debt ceiling which is such an absurd stance to be one of the only two countries with a debt ceiling um that has already degraded our our debt rating and cost us billions and billions of dollars just on extra interest payments it's utterly absurd that we even play this game of cat and mouse when we can just decide not to any losses and i will say if the negotiation has to be made this is a damn good deal for the democrats you know but it's silly to assume that we had to have come to the table at all yeah it was unnecessary i mean so people would say like oh well if you tried to you know, say it was unconstitutional, basically invoking the 14th Amendment, that that would go to the Supreme Court and the Supreme Court is leaning more conservative and voting in a more partisan fashion. So they might, you know, actually not allow that to become a thing that Biden can do is declare it unconstitutional. But my pushback to people who make that claim is that the Supreme Court, amongst all things, is on the side of capital. And a global catastrophe like us defaulting is not good for capital. So therefore, I believe if Biden had declared it unconstitutional, sent that to the Supreme Court, they would have completely with the quickness, you know, allowed that to stand and not allow us to be negotiating on the debt ceiling anymore. And honestly, to further our talks about the Supreme Court being, you know, on the side of capital, we'll be kind of revisiting that a little bit next week, I believe, with another story that dropped today. So yeah, this this is all a sham. And, you know, I said that the first time we talked about this, you know, I was talking about my disgust with the entire thing. The debt ceiling, unfortunately, we're going to have to deal with again another two years from now, but we really shouldn't have to be. I mean, no one was really taking this seriously. As you mentioned, John, you know, if the Republicans were serious about lowering the deficit, lowering our spending, we wouldn't be cutting taxes, we wouldn't be going after the IRS, taking out 20% or 25%, excuse me, of their operating budget, which is what they kind of clawed out of this deal. And you have people like Marjorie Taylor Greene who are trying to add in the impeachment of Joe Biden into the final deal. Is yeah, that I'm really sure take... he'll agree to that? Yeah, is that, that really taking sense. this seriously? <laughs> is that what you call taking this seriously? So no, but you know, one of the things you did mention, John, that I do want to talk about really quickly here. You mentioned the Mountain Valley pipeline that was thrown into this bill at the last minute. That was something that was given to Joe Manchin. It's almost like a gift, uh, but. You know, Senator Tim Kaine of Virginia came on to MSNBC last night, was talking about 
how much of a destructive like you know project this will be they'll have to use eminent domain to go in and take the land of people in places in actually western virginia state of west state of virginia but the western portion of it in appalachia and they'll be taking over their land to build in this pipeline which is going to just be taking what some people have in that part of the state who are the, some of the poorest people in that state taking the very little things they have left and it wasn't done with any real oversight it was done in a way where no one had to vote on it. And honestly, it just feels like almost like Biden's like gift to Manchin as something he could say that he got accomplished during his re-election campaign against Jim Justice in West Virginia. So that that honestly really bothers me. And I can't believe that, you know, while we're talking about trying to, you know, prevent the country from going into a, a global or the world from going into a recession, we found time to sneak in a pipeline for Joe Manchin. Mm-hmm. No, it's insane. It's absurd. And I cannot understand any argument for investing in oil infrastructure. Like just even from a financial perspective, renewable energy is already across the board starting to become cheaper than oil in the next 10 years. It's going to make oil redundant. So why are we investing into building pipelines for an energy source that is going to be obsoleted in within our lifetimes. Like it, it just doesn't make sense. It's going to hurt people. It's going to hurt the environment. And it doesn't tell me that Biden gives a shit about environmental policy, about fighting climate change, if he's just putting in these freebies that hurt the environment. It, like, like that. That's one of those things I say to like people were like, "Yeah, go Joe Biden on this." I'm like, he didn't have to do this. This was this was of his own doing. It was, the yeah. Republicans weren't even asking for this, and he just did it anyway. So, like, why? Yeah, Joe Biden, uh, he thinks, he honestly, in a lot of ways, like Trump, he thinks of himself as a deals man, but he's very bad at making deals. Uh, Desmond, you said something that I think is, uh, that I really agreed with, which is that, you know, if if the Supreme Court is not going to do anything to destroy uh, to destroy the economy, and as we've seen in all the newspaper headlines or all the articles online, this is uh, framed as... Uh, debt ceiling uh, voted on to avoid economic catastrophe. If some people think that the Supreme Court is going to vote this down because, you know, it's conservative leaning court or, you know, it's, um, then make them do it. Don't don't negotiate against yourself. Actually make the Supreme Court sit down and say, what do we want? Do we want kind of a more conservative angle and not give Biden any more power? Or do we want to destroy the economy? I think that they're not going to want to destroy the economy. Actually make them do it instead of making the decision for them. Yeah. I also have to say, if you followed like America, like I said before, you follow American foreign policy, and let's say it wasn't the U.S. dollar that's the basic for the basis for the global economy. Let's say it's the euro or whatever you want to call it, and Europe was just threatening to you know default on its debts and tank the euro. Um, we would go to war with Europe. <laughs> like, we'd be like, no, <laughs> you can't do that. We're gonna we're gonna bomb you, and. Like, because they're terrorists. Like, it's a terrorist action to hold the entire global, thousands and thousands of people would die. You know, that that is, I hate when I see headlines like, avoid a, a catastrophe. No, it's not avoiding catastrophe. It's a deal was made that stopped the Republicans from destroying the entire the entire economy. Like, that would kill thousands of people. And when we're not talking with the weight of that, when we're not acknowledging the fact that this isn't just, you know, random numbers on a budget seat and it is of human lives across the entire globe that they're willing to just put a gun to and kill it, it, it completely they win 
as soon as we start doing that, they win because they should be treated as terrorists and we shouldn't be just willing to negotiate with terrorists. You know, there's right. there's lots of blame to go around here. Uh, first, I want to note that uh, back in, I think it was either November or December, Senator Dick Durbin came out and said that, you know, people had asked him at the time whether or not they should be going out of their way to avoid this entire situation by making the debt ceiling unconstitutional then. And he said during that lame duck session that, oh, we just don't have time for that. You know, so that they had an opportunity to get it out in front of this because we've seen this happen before. This is not the first time the debt ceiling has, you know, been in the news cycle. But while I put blame on the Democrats, I want to frame this conversation correctly from myself anyway and saying that the conversation needs to be focused solely on the Republicans. They did all of this for the sake of having rich people pay less taxes, for having poor people get less food assistance, and for having other people who are struggling start paying their student loans again. Like That was what they clawed out of this entire negotiation. And for them, getting those things was worth crashing the entire global economy. That is patently like reprehensible. Like There is no positive spin that you can put on that. Like none whatsoever. Yeah, yeah I think John mentioned that uh, this isn't going to help the deficit, obviously, at all, or, or the debt. That's not what this is for. And what this really is is for is, is what it truly is, which is it's, it's cruelty at, at its finest. It's trying to make people's lives harder. And it does nothing to, if you think that the deficit is a problem, it does nothing for that. It just simply makes people's whose lives are already difficult, who are living paycheck to paycheck, it makes their lives harder. And yes. I think that at the end of the day is what they want. I, Desmond, you mentioned earlier how you know Freedom Caucus seems to be pissed about this. The progressives seem to be pissed about this. Yeah, who's really winning, and who's really winning is what Connor just mentioned: is the rich elites who control this country. Like it's clearly, it's so clear and obvious to me that this probably was agreed to months ago. This is just political theater. So both sides can say, hey, I won something. Hey, we lost something. You can't be too mad at me for this. Can't be too mad at me for this. Nothing really changes except the people get fucked as they do every single time. And as I've said, stated so many times here and in my own content, the caps on discretionary spending are non-defense. There is no, you cannot look me in the eyes with a straight face and tell me that, oh, we need to reduce the deficit but we're not going to touch defense spending, which makes up half of our discretionary spending. It all has to come from another place. You're not being fucking... If, if you're willing to kill thousands of people in this hostage negotiation, you better damn well be willing to be serious about reducing the deficit. And you're not doing that if you refuse to touch defense spending. That, that is the, I think, the long and short of the entire issue. Yeah, I just want to, I just want to like build off that here in a second for the last thing I want to mention here. The defense spending was not even something that the Republicans asked for. It was something that Biden had initially proposed before all of this. He proposed an increase to the budget, which the Pentagon didn't even ask for. The new budget is going to be $886 billion every year. Like that, that is the new annual budget. And, and to be fair, that number will probably go up next year because it always goes up every year. And I, I want to end with this in a side here. If you took 20 billion of that 886, just 20 billion of the 886, you could permanently end homelessness in America. 